eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's get to the mailbag, baby. Let's do it. We had a couple of Elijah Moore questions. Uh, Amari Cooper has that concussion. He hasn't practiced on thir- Wednesday or Thursday. This likely means he won't play this week. So, you know, how much are we upgrading Elijah Moore, right? Uh, KSIV13 asks... Jordan Addison, Elijah Moore, or Noah Brown this week. Okay. And mm. by the way, Noah Brown did get a full practice in on Thursday, so that's good. He hasn't had a full practice for several weeks now with that knee injury. Uh, but he also has a tough matchup against the Jets, and I would expect him to play more on the outside with Tank Dell banged up, and we've seen that transition already for Brown. Um, so I think I'm fading him personally. Uh, right. And Jordan Addison – you know, he has Justin Jefferson coming back. He already wasn't producing big time with Josh Dobbs. Uh, does the coverage move away from him a little bit? And, you know, he benefits from that. I, I don't know if that's something that I'm banking on personally for uh, in this situation. I think Kirk Cousins is really what Jordan Addison's missing here. Um, yeah. So that's what it felt like. You know, I think, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I think Elijah Moore as the number one target from Joe Flacco, 12 targets last week. You know, playing more on the outside, being targeted downfield, not just being relegated to the slot at this point. Good matchup against Jacksonville on the perimeter. Like, I think I'm going Elijah here. Yeah, and I think that's the way I would go, too. And it just comes down to just, like you mentioned, the 12 targets last week from Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco is the best quarterback that they have in terms of, you know, supporting fantasy weapons, you know, that they've had since Deshaun Watson. And honestly, and I talked about this a couple of days ago, it's like, Joe Flacco didn't look any worse than any of the other quarterbacks that they've put out there. So, like, what are you really worried about with any of these Browns receivers at this point, especially if Elijah Moore is going to be getting the 12 targets? Maybe it won't be 12 targets this week, but if he's still going to get eight, nine targets, like, I'm fine with that. He wasn't very efficient on those targets last week. He only had four catches, but they went for 83 yards. So, like you mentioned, he is getting targeted downfield. 
I don't want to trust Jordan Addison because he wasn't producing without Justin Jefferson in the lineup. Now Justin Jefferson's back. Josh Dobbs kind of came back down to earth. And there you go. You see the pun there. Astronaut, you came back. Pastronaut, he came back. He's down to earth. So I, I don't want to really bank on Josh yeah. Dobbs getting Jordan Addison a high target share. What, what, what? You, you don't appreciate that one? I like it. No, I do. <laughs> right, that's I love it. About. I just want to give my appreciation for that one. Yes, yeah. Josh yeah. Dobbs came back oh, down yeah. to earth. And then I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how much I trust Noah Brown at this point. He's coming back. He had those two big weeks. Um, but also, like, this is one of those games. I don't know if the weather still holds up. I haven't checked. But I know earlier in the week they were saying that there might be weather in this one. And if the game. So I, also- I looked at the weather on that. So I, I have looked at the weather. It, it seems like it, it could rain. And if there's wind, it's like around 10 miles per hour. So nothing too crazy. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. All right. Perfect. So I, yeah. I think it would come down to Noah Brown and Elijah Moore, but just. The target share that we saw for Elijah Moore last week was good. And the matchup is much better for him compared to the Jets, you know, who don't allow a whole lot of points to wide receivers. So I think I'm going Elijah Moore here too. So Mike underscore Zish, another Elijah Moore question. He's asking, who would you rather have a wide receiver th- as a wide receiver three rest of the season? Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks, or Jaden Reed? Okay, that's a really interesting one. With Elijah Moore, you know, we just kind of qualified him as this target earner right now, but he's going to eventually have Amari Cooper coming back, and I don't want to bank on Elijah Moore just sticking with those targets that he's had these past couple weeks. Now, I think he's absolutely deserving of those targets, but I just don't think that's going to be the case if Amari Cooper comes back because before that, the target share wasn't fantastic. He was only only getting five, seven targets a game. And they weren't really high quality ones, but granted, that was with different quarterbacks. Maybe that could stick with Joe Flacco. Brandon Cooks is interesting because you just look at the offense that he's in and it's high scoring. They score a lot of touchdowns and he's been coming through the past few weeks. He's a wide receiver nine in total points scored over the past four weeks. You know, he has three very solid, you know, fantasy performances over the past few weeks and touchdowns in those games. And then Jaden Reed. You know, he's kind of being used all over the place in this interesting role in the Packers offense. The Packers offense is also playing really well. Because Jordan Love is doing his thing. I think if you want the safest option, I think your best bet would be Brandon Cooks. Because I think the way that the Cowboys offense is playing, he's come on after the bye as a target for Dak Prescott. He's getting touchdowns. If he scores a touchdown, you see it in his game log. You know, he's going to have a solid finish for you. And Jaden Reed, though, I think is the upside play. I'm kind of intrigued with Jaden Reed. You know, he wasn't perfectly healthy last week we saw that he only played 47 percent of snaps but he's got two good matchups these next few weeks against the giants and the buccaneers so i'm i think i'm going to err on the side of upside here with christian watson out i think i'm going to go Jaden reed here because i like the upside that he has brandon cooks you're counting on a touchdown Jaden reed he's getting more of the diverse volume that you like to see i'm going to go with Jaden reed for this one yeah i i think i lean reed as well by a hair over cook over cooks i should say um, right. Now, what I do like about Cooks is that they are they do have competitive games like the rest of the way, Philly, right. Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, right? And that last the last week against Detroit, very very appealing, um, you know, uh, for these wide receivers, especially on the per, on the perimeter. Uh, but Jane Reed, like like you said, Giants, Tampa Bay, the, these two weeks, Carolina in Week 16, a little bit of a tough matchup, but out of the slot a little bit better, and then Minnesota Week 17. Um, not great against slot wide receivers. So, Jaden is getting a little bit more tar- a little bit more of the targets, right? I think he'll be a little bit more of a focal point with Christian Watson banged up. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Eileen Jaden Reed as well because he's getting that work in the run game, like you said. So, I, I think I agree, but it's close, very very close between him and Brandon Cooks, though. I would say, yeah. 
You, you Sean can't go wrong with M. Either. Reed, I should say. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Sean M. Reed one has a good problem on his hands, but it's a tough decision. He's asking to bench one of these four wide receivers: Nico Collins, Stefan Diggs, Chris Olave, Brandon Ayuk. Okay, now, yeah. if I had to choose one guy who's most likely in, for sure, it's Chris Olave. Um, three straight games and 90 plus yards. He could have Jameis Winston as his quarterback this week. Not the best matchup in the world against Carolina, but he is a true one who's getting the targets. Taysom Hill also banged up, right? Yep. Uh, I mentioned yesterday that I'm tempering expectations for Stefan Diggs because of the matchup against Lejarius Sneed, uh, but I think he'll be in for me as well. Uh, it's hard to bench Diggs, right? He can get it done anyway. Especially in this kind of game. Uh, and, like we, we see and then I think, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he, it would be between Nico and Ayuk. And it's for me, it's just harder to bench Nico right now, man, because he's the number one for CJ Stroud, and he almost dropped 200 yards last week, you know, in a tough right. matchup against the Broncos. Um, you know, Ayuk's been scoring touchdowns, and Brock Purdy didn't play well against the Seahawks the first time around. And uh, Ayuk is only averaging five targets per game over the last four weeks with all their guys healthy. So I, I think I have to go with CJ Stroud's clear number one even in a tough matchup. And I know it might be raining also, like I mentioned, but wind doesn't ha- doesn't appear to be a huge factor in that game. Um, right. But it's close. Yeah. With the weather, it's it's not the rain. It's the wind that matters. And if the wind is going to die down, then it's like you can kind of calm yourself a little bit and hang your hat on that and be like, okay, it's not going to be that bad. But you look at it, and, and you bring up a good point with Brandon Ayuk. The targets that he's getting isn't anywhere near the stratosphere that Nico Collins has been at these past few weeks. And I think that's kind of what I'm going to lean into as well. You know, we talked about utilization. I know Brandon Ayuk's part of a good offense, but he's also competing with Christian McCaffrey for a touchdown. Like, Brandon Ayuk, he, he needs those touchdowns. You know, he needs to be super efficient on the work that he's getting to give you comparable production to what you're going to get with Nico Collins, it's just like a baseline. That's the way I look at it, especially with Tank Dell. And, and he's like got it. Uh, Ayuk scored four touchdowns in the last four games, right? So he's yeah. been getting it. But that's going to come to an end at some point, right? I don't <laughs> think he's going to score a touchdown every, for every game for the rest of the year. Exactly. And like, like that goes back to, like I said, like you have so many weapons in offense. We saw Debo Samuel score three last week. It's just, you know, that's the way it's been for Brandon Ayuk. Unfortunately, like, I know you've been on this for a while. You know, Brandon Ayuk, if he could just get that consistent heavy target share, you know, he he he's averaging four or five targets these past few games. That's not going to get it done. You're really kind of just banking on that touchdown. And I don't want to say it feels like Brandon Cooks where you need that touchdown from the produce, but it, that's kind of been the case. Where Nico Collins, like you mentioned, he's now the clear number one. There's no question about who's going to be getting the ball first and foremost in this offense from CJ Stroud. He almost put up the 200 last week. I, I'm with Nico Collins on this one. I don't think I'm going to put Ayuk in in this situation. Obviously, Stefan Diggs has a tough matchup, but pretty much everything you said yeah. makes sense. I'm, I'm not even thinking twice about Chris Olave, especially like if there's a chance that Jameis Winston's going to play. Like I'm definitely... He, he's going to have 13 or 14 <laughs> targets in that game if Jameis Winston's throwing the ball. Yeah, 100%, man. All right. Um, M.Oriz is asking, what are your thoughts on Staley saying Eckler's work might be eaten into by Josh Kelly? Um, now, this sounds like someone who knows he's on the hot seat, first of all. Right. Right. But it's also something you have to consider, right? Three and a half yards per carry for Eckler since his return from injury. That's 33rd of 39 qualifying running backs, right? Um, his PFF run grade has been thir- 38th of those 39 qualifying running backs. He's had three fumbles, lost all of them. So I get it, man. You know, I think 
we were downgrading Eckler already. You know, we had him as a low end RB one coming into this week. And the reason why he's still that high is because he can pop in the receiving game at any point. Like we saw a seven catch, 94 yard performance in week eight. You know, he went four for 48. He went five for 32 recently. So that possibility is there. But with him being so ineffective, like you're kind of banking on that to make sure he gets it done for you, right? And if he's yeah. not scoring, then like he's supposed to be the touchdown monster, right? He only had four touchdowns in the last eight games. So that's not happening either. So you have to consider benching him this week if you have good options, right? Now, I wouldn't overdo it. Um, now, better late than Trevor is asking if Eckler is trustworthy enough to start against Denver. And I think it all depends on your options. I think I would start him as a RB2, maybe not as an RB1 at this point, especially after Staley's comments. But, you know, should we be starting him over guys like Saquon, Mostert, Pollard, Gibbs, Montgomery, Joe Mixon, right? These are like the guys who are at, at that like high-end RB2 fringe, right? Like, should we be just starting these guys over him at this point? I feel like you have to. And for me part of this is it's not all entirely Austin Eckler's fault. You know, I don't want to say this is just Austin Eckler sucks. You know, he's not going to be able to turn things around. He still has the opportunity to turn things around, but the Chargers offense hasn't been playing very well. They haven't been producing like they should over these past few weeks. And this, he's just kind of suffering along with them in terms of his production. Like the usage in the run game hasn't changed from what we're used to seeing. And he, the targets have come down a little bit. It's just the efficiency is effectively gone. From his from his game, like it just hasn't been there. The touchdowns are also gone, but that's also because the Chargers aren't scoring a whole lot of touchdowns on their own either. So, for me, I don't want to start him over any of the uh, over any of those guys that you just mentioned. Really, you know, I, I think there's something to be said. Maybe I think maybe you can make an argument for maybe Mostert and Pollard. You want to think maybe twice about not starting him over them because Pollard might be game scripted out of this one. Mostert with Devon A. Chain, you know, it never you never know what could happen there. So I think there's a chance where he could outperform them. But guys like Saquon, who have the workload 100%, you know, locked and loaded. Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, both very good, the big parts of the offense there. Joe Mixon's been on a heater. I don't want to throw him in over them. The matchup is good against Denver. And to just comment on the question, uh, uh, just to comment on what Brandon Staley said about Austin Eckler, it doesn't change anything for me. Because, oh no, Austin Eckler, there might be more of a committee. Like, also, Eckler has he's been putting up committee numbers <laughs> the past three weeks. Like nothing's really changing. Who knows? Maybe a committee. Maybe they make that change or whatever. And Austin Eckler starts looking a little bit more efficient. I don't think the comments change anything for me because he already isn't producing at the level we want him to. It's not like it's going to get worse <laughs> at this point. He's had three single digit performances it, in hey, a row. Listen, it can. And the reason why it can is because he's getting the volume and he's not producing with it. If his volume goes down, like, can we, are we guaranteed if, if more efficiency just because it's less volume? Like, I don't know. Right. And, and that's my concern here. You know, do you, do you, do you think you could rationally justify, maybe this is just Brandon Staley getting desperate, but could you rationally justify not giving Austin Eckler, um, the touches after, I guess it's like a, you're holding on to, we know what he can be, but he hasn't been that like, is Josh Kelly that much of an upgrade? Is anybody behind him that much of an upgrade? Has anybody shown a spark? Has anybody that's, shown anything? That's the, you know I mean? that's the question. I don't think right? they can. That's the question. Yeah. I think it, it comes down to, is Eckler healthy, right? And would a healthy running back, whoever that is, be a little bit more effective in the run game, right? And I right. think that is the question. If Eckler was 100%, if he wasn't coming off that high ankle sprain, would he be a different running back? And my, my answer would be yes, 
he probably would be if he didn't have that injury, you know, at the beginning look of the year. At that first game that he had. And granted, it was a high scoring one, but, you know, he was super efficient. Seven yards to carry. <laughs> Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the app store today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Moving on. Trevor D'Amico asks, do you think JSN's 11 targets and continued great talk by Pete Carroll point to a breakout? I think it definitely can. Now, you know, some might remember a while back before JSN was doing much, I kept making sure people didn't drop him, right? He was almost, he was always on my waiver wire list. If he fell below 50% roster, people didn't understand why he was always on my check. If he's available list, even though it wasn't obvious because the talent is there, right? Like a second half breakout was always possible. Now we're past the second half, right? Like we're in like the last quarter, but you know, we see this with a lot of rookies, especially wide receivers. We're so used to these early breakouts recently, but traditionally, rookie wide receivers tend to need their need to get their feet under them a little bit, right? And we saw a seven-catch, 62-yard performance, 11 targets, led the team in targets last week. He almost had that touchdown as well. Um, and if you follow the Coach Speak Index on Twitter, you know, they mentioned that in season, when Pete Carroll blows smoke, it usually pans out. Um, so I do think there's a chance he can do some things the rest of the way. 49ers, Eagles, Titans, Steelers, like, not bad at all in terms of matchups. So, we could see him as a wide receiver three. Now, I still have him outside my top 36 this week, right? Yep. Um, so, I, you know, only two teams on by. So, you know, related to that, you know, Antoine R O R 8 is asking Romeo Dubs or Jackson Smith the Jigba this week. Like, I think personally, I think I'm going Dubs here. You know, like he finds the end zone without Christian Watson. We see some solid target share. Three top 20 finishes to start the year when Watson was banged up and the, the matchup against the Giants, right? Pretty damn good. Like, yeah. are you are you thinking that maybe Jason can do some things against the 49ers this week or would you rather go dubs? So for me, I still think 
And it goes back to the idea of like, what is the game script going to be for the 49ers and Seahawks? I do think the Seahawks can be go- are going to be playing from behind. I think that's going to work into, it's going to play into Jackson Smith and Jacob's hands. So I actually have JSN ranked as my wide receiver 36. I know you have him outside your top 36. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 30, 36. And that's two spots ahead of Romeo Dobbs. Now I know Romeo Dobbs, the Packers offense has looked good. Jordan Love's playing very well. I think that there's a chance that the Packers could go up in this one and lean on the ground game. And I know I talk game script a whole lot, but Jackson Smith, the Jigba, I think he did show something last week. And like you mentioned, Pete Carroll saying that he's going to get some potentially, you know, more run down the, down the rest of the way. I, I think that there's something to be said there for that. It's not anything to just ignore. I do like Jason. I think he's playing better than he was earlier in the season. And Tyler Lockett kind of, he's kind of, I don't want to say he's falling out of favor, but he hasn't had the target share where it's like, okay, we definitely have this situation where he's a clear one in t- over Jackson Smith, the jig with these past couple of weeks. Like JSN is challenging him for that role. I don't want to say Tyler, Tyler Lockett is washed, but we're kind of seeing this where JSN is becoming a bigger part of the offense this week. I'm fine. If you want to shoot for a little bit of upside and what could be a negative game script, but starting JSN, I think Romeo Dobbs is definitely the safer option, especially with Christian Watson out. But at the same time, Jaden Reed's there. You know, if Aaron Jones plays, there could be more touches going in the ground game. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But I have JSN over Romeo Dobbs. I might go him just in the interest of upside if the game script can be negative. I do think, like I said, the Seahawks are going to be chasing points. But I don't know if it's going to be a blowout blowout like it was last week where or two weeks ago on Thanksgiving where the Seahawks just couldn't get anything going on offense. Because I was slightly encouraged by what we saw against Dallas. Because Dallas is a good defense. And the Seahawks were able to put up some points. Very encouraged. I, I I agree with you. Um, I just like it, you know this Giants defense, man. Like they're giving up. <laughs> yeah, they're giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks. The second most over the last eight weeks. Um, and by the way, we talked about Jaden Reed. Um, the Giants have given up the the most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last four weeks. So keep that in mind with him. Um, and but on the perimeter where so Dubs runs there. most of his routes from. Um, run, runs most of his routes, like almost 90% of his routes. Like the Giants are giving up. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to find it here. The Giants are giving up the six most fantasy points over the last four weeks and the eighth most over the last eight weeks. So, you know, I, I like the matchup, but I agree. Like JSN could see the targets, you know, if the 49ers end up going up big early. We'll see. Right. It's close, though. I mean, you, you had them two, st- two spots away from each other. So, um, all right. Zach. Troy Traveler is asking, is Calvin really a must start given the Christian Kirk injury? No. Uh, and that one's pretty simple for me. I don't I don't think a whole lot has changed. I do think that there's a slight uptick in terms of what he offers in terms of security, but what we saw last week was Parker Washington coming in and just taking over his role pretty much. Cuz Parker Washington took pretty much all the slot snaps once Christian Kirk was out and he had a better game than Calvin Ridley. So I don't want to just go like, okay, Christian Kirk is out. You know, suddenly Calvin Ridley is going to be this must start because there's also, don't forget, Evan Ingram just scored his first touchdown of the year last uh, on this past Monday night. So he's still been part of the offense. He's actually, he's had a ton of targets. He was having a little bit of Deontay Johnson syndrome where he was getting all these targets, consistent target share every single game, just wasn't scoring, finally finds the end zone. I think he's going to continue to be a big part of the offense moving forward like he's been. It's not like he wasn't before. And then I'll also Parker Washington here, I think that there's also a chance that he remains involved if he's going to be running out the slot because he played pretty well coming out of the slot. And then also, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what's happening with his injury. I, I really don't. He practiced. It's like, what? I wasn't expecting that at all. But if 
there would be any complications down the way where it's like, okay, we might have to have a CJ Beathard start, you know, coming somewhere down the line. Like, I don't want to trust that. I don't think Calvin Ridley, especially the way that he has been, you know, just kind of fluctuating. I guess you could say, yeah, he's a must start because you don't want to miss out on one of his upside boom weeks. But that's not really the argument. I don't think that's really the question that we're asking here. We're asking, is he a must start because Christian Watts, not Christian Watts, Christian Kirk is out. I don't think Christian Kirk being out makes him a must start. I think it just saves his floor a little bit. Might be a little bit more upside on a weekly basis. But the way that we've seen Calvin Ridley get used, it hasn't been dependent on whether Christian Kirk is playing or not. They've had games where it's one or the other. If the schedule was better, then I would be way more in on Calvin Ridley, but it's not. It's not great, right? Browns this week, Denzel Ward likely back. Ravens next week. Tampa the week after that, which is a really good matchup. I might be starting Calvin Ridley that in that game. Carolina mm-hmm. the week after that, not a good matchup. So there you go. That's it, right? So like right. three or four of these matchups, like I do not want Ridley in my lineup. Now, can he pop in one of these bad matchups? Sure. Like he he did a little bit of that last week. So he can come through. But, you know, with, you know, with the injury to Lawrence and all that, like it, it, it affects it as well. So I would say no. I, I, I agree. Right. All right. Justin Fields or Brock Purdy rest of season OMXR.15 wants to know. Um, now, if you have both, I'm holding both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Fields is the better start this week, I think. He has Detroit. Uh, and then he mm-hmm. has Cleveland in week 15. Tough matchup, but Purdy has Arizona. Okay. And then Purdy has Baltimore week 16, but Fields has Arizona. And then Purdy has Washington in week 17. And I'm going to have yeah. him ranked very, very high for that matchup. So, you know what I'm saying? So if you have both, I would hold both and you can kind of alternate between the two. That's how I would play it personally. Um, but if you had to pick one rest of season, Zach, who would it be? If I have to pick one, so let's just assume, like are we assuming we have both on our roster? Because I would probably have the same answer yeah. as you would just be to hold. Like if we have both of them on the roster, but I would just say, say hold. You don't, you don't, but if I have to drop one, honestly, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with I'd, I'd probably drop Fields, <laughs> and that's just me. The way that Brock I, 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 Purdy is playing, I think I agree with you. The way that Brock Purdy is playing right now is hyper efficient. He has all of his weapons. Everybody's healthy. They have a really good schedule down the stretch. Your playoff schedule is fourth best in in the league. You know, behind just the Seahawks, Titans, Giants in those spans. So the way that they have, they're set up. They're going to be playing for the one seed. You know, this is the Bears. Like the Bears, they're out of playoff contention. Pretty much at this point, they would probably be better served to just tank. That's probably not going to be the case. But the way that the 49ers are set up, they have the good matchups coming up. They're going to be playing all the way through because they're probably going to be playing for the one seed. That's the way I look at it. Like Brock Purdy's, he's in a position to just produce consistently, consistent, solid production, very good production, even at that. Because if he's going to be throwing two or three touchdowns a game, like you're going to be fine. That's, I think the offense that he's in is much better. Justin Fields. He can have on and off games. I like the rushing floor with him, obviously, but are you going to hang your hat on Justin Fields rushing for 100 yards a game versus Brock Purdy, who's pretty much a lock for two touchdowns every game, just the way that the offense, um, just the offense that he's on. So I'm going with Brock Purdy here. I like it. All right. Underscore, underscore, JBNDZ is asking for the best handcuffs to stash. To stash. <clears throat> How many handcuff posts have we done? Like, I know you've done at least two or three that, that I've gone out but there. It changes. You know it changes. Things change. <laughs> it does. Right? That was it a few does. weeks yeah. ago. So best handcuffs to stash. Let's go through these top handcuffs. So these are guys who don't have much value right now. Like, you can barely start them or you can't start them at all. But if the starter gets hurt, there's serious value here. 
right? I think mm-hmm. the top guys, I would say, Tajay Spears, right? Obvious, right? If Derek Henry were to get hurt, Tajay Spears would have an every down roll. He's been efficient all year long. And regardless of game script, he will get it done for you. He might be an RB1 play if Derek Henry yeah. were to get he's, hurt. He's been fantastic well even Henry, with Henry playing. Independent. Yeah. But like I said, he's been fantasy relevant even with Henry playing. You know what I mean? Like he's had a couple of weeks where he's like generally solid. If you put him in your flex, you weren't that upset. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you have Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell, if DeAndre Swift were to get hurt, Kenny Gainwell would potentially be a three-down back, right? He's already involved in the receiving game a little bit. We saw that last week. Um, but this is a very good offense, and we saw that we see that Jalen Hurts is um, he's willing to check it down when he needs to, right? Yeah. Antonio Gibson. Um, you know, uh, we we see we're seeing the situation right now with Brian Robinson. If he were to go down, he has that hamstring injury right now what happens after the bye who knows but Antonio Gibson someone that you could stash Chris Rodriguez might be a little bit involved on early downs but I think Gibson Gibson's role would increase to the point where you know you kind of want him in your lineup uh, as a PPR RB2 uh, and then yeah. you have Tyler Algier obviously like we saw you know we know that situation they're run heavy offense if anything were to happen to Bijan Tyler Algier has 20 you know 20 carry upside um, you know on a, you know behind a good offensive line in a run first offense right uh, Rico Dowdle, you know, behind Tony Pollard, right? You know, you know Rico Dowdle is like the Tony Pollard, while well, Tony Pollard Zeke now. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> that's just a joke. But Rico Dowdle, I, I you agree know, with you. Him come in and be effective here, here at times, right? So I think Dowdle could potentially, you know, be a three down back if Pollard were to go down. Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis right there. Just the way that Dowdle had, he scored a touchdown or two this season, and he looks, and it's yeah. just. It's funny the way it mirrors the Zeke Pollard situation last year, where it's just like it seems like whoever the RB two in Dallas is just has like an extra gear. Like Tony Pollard doesn't have that this <laughs> season. If you've watched the game, he lost yeah. it. Like I, I don't know what happened, just disappeared. Yeah. But maybe it's just like the way the Cowboys backfield works. But I, I think you're on, on I, money I, with this I, one. Yeah. Go ahead. I think I I have to. I'm I'm think I'm really like thinking about that that surgery he had, man. Like I really am. You know, it's like the, I, I I didn't I, think it was going to be a factor, but. Could very well be, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's, um, that's my thing. Like that's what everybody was banking on. Like I know we talked about it over the offseason. It's like this isn't an injury that should be, you know, slowing him down at this point. And I, he's looked better yeah, over I mean, the past we, couple we, weeks. I know you it. bring up. Yeah, you, we're you getting more stats. data around that injury right now, right? And that mm-hmm. the data is now saying that, like, you know, maybe there is something to it. But last offseason, you know, it was something that wasn't really we just something we, we needed to worry about. But now we should. I think. Right. Yeah. I hear I you. All right. Jerk hey, by the way, where's, where's Zeke one. on this list? <laughs> well, Zeke, Zeke is starting right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. right, 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 right. <laughs> I guess if, if, you, yeah, if he, we were talking, if we did this team. episode last night, we would have been like, Zeke's the number one handcuff, probably. I don't know. Maybe number two. He would have he well, but He wouldn't have been last night, but like when Wild Ramondre was healthy, I think Zeke would have been yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, yeah. on this list you know for sure. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack McKinnon, another one. Like, if, if anything were to happen to Pacheco, Pacheco's hurt right now, by the way. Uh, Elijah Mitchell uh, would be another one. Obviously, you know, if CMC were to go down, I remember when CMC had that abdomen injury, and I was telling people to 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 pick up Elijah Mitchell uh, over Jordan Mason, and everyone got mad at me right. because Jordan Mason ended up getting touches. But uh, it seems like that is the case that uh, they prefer Elijah Mitchell behind CMC right now. Uh, Ty Chandler, another one, like you can barely start him, but like if anything were to happen to Alexander Madison, he would be a three-down back. He's shown some explosiveness explosiveness this year as well. 
uh, Dearness Johnson, you know, he would be the guy right now behind um, behind Travis Etienne. What's his name? Travis Etienne, not Tank Bixby. Yeah. It was Tank Bixby early on. He's made too many mistakes. I think Dearness Johnson would be the guy that you, that, that you want, uh, you know, in, in a, what could be a good offense down the stretch. Uh, and then, you, and then I think it kind of drops off here, right? You have guys like yeah. Zamir White, uh, Royce Freeman. I think he's been effective with his touches this year, right? And they they cut Daryl Henderson. Even if they bring back Daryl Henderson in the event of a Kyron William injury, I think Royce Freeman would be the guy. And we saw that that Royce Freeman was the guy uh, in the game bef- after the bye that Kyron Williams missed, like that last game that Kyron Williams missed. Like Royce Freeman mm-hmm. was a, the clear guy over Dal Henderson in that game. Okay, so keep that in mind. A little bit of a nuance there, but it could help. Uh, and then you have guys like Miles Sanders, Michael Carter, Chase Brown. You know, Chase Brown got some run, right? Uh, th- yep. you know, this past week, so you know he could be someone that could, you know, end up being fantasy relevant if Joe Mixon were to go down. And then <laughs> I have Dalvin Cook here as well. Uh, you know, if uh, Brees the Hall were to get hurt, I think up. Dalvin Cook would end up being uh, end up being a three down back uh, in that yeah. shitty shitty offense. A three down bad back. Yep. Am I missing anyone? <laughs> I think I think that that, that that about summarizes it. Yeah, like I said, Zeke. That's it. I'm kidding. I don't know. Why I'm hung up on that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's it. Right, yeah, guys, that's, that's, that, that's pretty comprehensive. We appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, get that week 14 win. Uh, I'll be live on Instagram at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I'll see you guys then. Take it easy, Zach. Have a great weekend, brother. Talk to you guys. Bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.